0: This week's episode of the Run, Eat, Drink podcast is sponsored by Pure Creative Apparel. From logo design to specialty clothing to branded merchandise, the team at Pure Creative Apparel can take your ideas and bring them to life. You can find out more at purecreativeapparel.com. And we thank Pure Creative Apparel for sponsoring this week's show. Welcome to the Run, Eat, Drink podcast. Hey, welcome back to another episode. I'm Amy.
1: And I'm Dana.
0: We're so happy to have you along this week. And let me tell you, this week has not been the week for running for us.
1: Unless you're counting noses.
0: Yeah, I think we had runny noses, congestion. I mean, I had... Whatever funk is going around at work.
1: And then you decided to share.
0: And then I shared it with, yes, our cameraman a la my co-host. I'm sorry. It's okay. I'm so sorry.
1: 20 years. I'm used to it by now. Uh Uh-huh. Uh-huh. But... In all seriousness. It's gone the
0: other way sometimes, too. Just It does. Yeah. And, but
1: you know, we thought that it was just a little bit of the sniffles last week. I think we mentioned it. And yeah. it just went downhill from there. I mean, that was as good as it got.
0: We've been fighting this for a couple of weeks. So we decided to take it easy this week.
1: Yeah. So uh, I think I may have gotten one training run in before finally yeah. succumbing to the feeling that yeah. I had been hit by a Mack truck.
0: Mm-hmm. I mean, I did some yoga and I think a training run as well.
1: Yeah, that was about it. Fucking so, well, muster. Yeah, yeah.
0: So, so we're going to recover and then push forward this week.
1: Well, we have to stay in tip-top shape. We are going to be traveling in uh, about 10 days to Alabama. Yes. Still in search of a 5K run to do there.
0: I think we're going to end up like doing our own
1: and maybe doing some training runs yeah. with with some neat backdrops. So uh we're we're doing some research on that and we'll bring you more of that in a couple of weeks. Sure. But, uh, we uh we did at least get to partake in some some excellent running.
0: We did. We did because we we did not run, but th- this time of year is just inspiring because this past Monday was marathon monday like they call it they like to call it in boston it was the 123rd running of the boston marathon and i i don't know what it is and i know that it's not for everybody to watch running road race marathon type events on television but i just this race i love to watch it I love the stories behind the runners, elite and, you know, anybody coming out to raise, raise money for an organization or just honoring someone in their family, a friend, a loved one. It, I mean, everything surrounding this race, it's very inspiring to me.
1: Yeah, and this was also the week that I decided we're going to cut the cord and (laughs) we're going to get rid of cable and we're going to go with uh, uh, fiber optic connection and we're going to go with Hulu. And I did that on the day before uh, or the two days before the Boston Marathon and I was given very strict instructions that I better (laughs) find the Boston (laughs) Marathon. And uh, lo and behold, I didn't. Actually, this is, I think, my first time ever watching the Boston on television.
0: Yeah, we're not, I mean, we don't watch a lot of sports on television.
1: Not sports TV, but but I do remember years ago watching sports as a kid with my dad. This running was not something that was covered unless it was the Olympics.
0: Yeah, I remember growing up watching the Olympics and watching like track and field Mm -hmm. type races, but not really like let's watch a marathon, that kind of thing, you know? I, but this, this somehow, this is so, I I, I mean, last year's race in 2018, the conditions were just awful. Well,
1: they didn't look great this year either.
0: And they were predicting this year was going to be very similar. They were posting all out on social media and um, about, Wanting to start corrals earlier or with less time in between corrals and just wanting to get everything, you know, wanting to combat and avoid the worst of the weather. Right. So I I think when it comes to the women's race, it, I mean, the woman that won clearly ran away with it. Oh, yeah. Totally. Totally. Yeah. I think
1: she had a, what a minute lead at the very end. At at one point point she was three minutes. Three minutes.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And we saw uh, a couple of Americans early on in that, in that lead pack. Um, Sarah Hall and Des Linden and Jordan Hesse. They, um, and actually Des Linden and Jordan Hesse pulled it out there at the end to finish in the top five. Right. So, but this, this, was just a run away for um de Geffa if I'm not I, I don't know if I, I think I'm, you're saying it, right. I saying it right am I saying it right? I don't know. i I tried to pay attention to our our racing announcers, and they did a great job it. on
1: the coverage, yeah, also. Mm-hmm. we were watching it um mm-hmm. on uh, I think it was NBC sports. I think that's right. I that was carrying it. And yeah. they did a really nice job on the coverage,
0: yeah. it was, I mean, and in those conditions, I'm sure that can be really tough. Yeah. So that I I just was happy because Jordan Hesse spent a whole entire year out with a foot injury, and yeah, wasn't it
1: like a compression fracture something in a yeah. or her foot. Yeah.
0: Whew. And that's it, crazy. It just I it it warmed my heart to see her finish in the top three, to see an American finish in the top three, and. Just the the way that she and Des Linden carried themselves when they came across the finish line and Mm -hmm. um, talking to the press. And, you know, Jordan seemed so grateful. And Des was, hey, you know, you got to respect the distance and respect the course. And it's, you know, sometimes it's your year.
1: And and I think that everybody is is mindful that that is not an easy course, especially the back half. Oh. And they talked a lot about that during the coverage about, you know, if you don't plan for and uh, accord your, or handle yourself accordingly, that Mm -hmm. back half punishes you.
0: Yes. 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 We cannot all be Joan Benoit Samuelson, who came back to Boston this year Finishing within 30 minutes of her time when she ran it uh, in 1979 for the first time and won it. And I watched, I think it was an HBO documentary. And she was being interviewed and she was talking about that race and how good she felt going in. And then she, I think she tells this story about turning to another runner and saying, Hey, you know, where, where are these so-called heartbreak hills? And she had already done them. She had already, uh, Hey, I've mastered that. I conquered that. And, um, it was like nothing to her. I'm sure it was a major, I mean, I'm sure it was tough, but it seemed like she was like, I don't know what they're talking about.
1: Oh, wow. You know what I mean? I I wouldn't know what that's like.
0: I wouldn't either. That's
1: amazing. I
0: wouldn't either. But she talked about it like, Hey, you know, I, I I don't know. There were heartbreak Hills, but apparently I mastered them. (laughs) And it's, it's awesome to think she's in her what her 60s and she came. Her goal was to come within 40 minutes because it was 40 years ago mm-hmm. and she came within 30 minutes, something like that. Can't beat that amazing! Uh, amazing,
1: and we've seen her in real life. I mean, she's oh. she stayed in such great shape. Uh, oh. we've seen her at the Donna a couple of times,
0: yes, and, yes.
1: Uh, yeah, she's she's in tremendous shape even now, and then she gets out there and just eats that five k up. I always laugh. We see her on like the, the the social shakeout five k, and she just eats that up like it's nothing. Yeah, it's so funny.
0: I mean, I I, I, I want
1: to be in that kind of shape when I'm uh, I know. getting into my
0: oh my gosh 60s and above. Let's let's hope. Let's I, hope. I'd like to stop. be in
1: that kind of shape when I'm in my 40s.
0: Yeah, and, I mean, the women's race was not really a close one. But the men's race was a nail biter. Was like right to the end, and first and second place were within two seconds of each other.
1: They were they were pouring it on at the very end. You, if you saw that that finish, (sighs) it was a almost a photo finish. I mean, they were just giving it all they could that last probably hundred yards where they were just sprinting
0: like. an all-out sprint and it was just two seconds yeah two seconds separating first and second place that and then uh the uh, the runner who got second place I mean he was in the lead for most of that last if not all of that last mile over there on um when they make the turn Mm -hmm. and they're in Boylston and Oh my god! And he just got out kicked. He just said he got out kicked at the very end um, by Lawrence Chirono. Mm-hmm. I think is how you say it. And Lisa DeCisa. I believe they said won it the year of the Boston Marathon bombing. Okay. And was trying to come back and and win it this year. So. I mean that was that was what a men's race
1: it really was wow and I didn't I caught wow. that when they were talking about it in the uh, the announcers were talking and saying that all of the top ten finishers are going to be um, they
0: they make the Olympic standard Olympic standard <laughs> mm-hmm. even though it's not uh, I don't um they they make the Olympic standard even though they don't. Because of the difficulty of the course, I think it is. Okay. That even though they might not make it in a certain number of minutes. Okay. Or hours, you know? So. I think that's a fair trade-off. Yeah. Yeah. And we had three women uh, finish in the top ten. Three U.S. women and two U.S. men. Scott uh, Fauble and Mm -hmm. Jared Ward. So we're in the top 10. They'll be heading to the Olympics. I think they were s- seventh and eighth rest with the Olympic trials. They'll go to the, they'll, they'll be able to run in the Olympic trials.
1: That's awesome. So, yeah. That is awesome.
0: So, and, and I, th- I think the, the wheelchair divisions we had, um, Daniel Romanchuk, and he's the youngest man ever to win. And the first American since 1993. Wow. Yeah. And they
1: were flying on some of that sections <sighs> of that course. I mean, you were seeing, because there's so many hills on the second half.
0: But, but you could see how difficult some of the hills were oh, yeah. when you saw the footage of, of them.
1: Well, that goes right back to us doing the the uh, Run the Bluegrass oh. when we saw the the wheelchair racer and oh. he was going uphill and just looking at his muscles just straining as he's pushing that chair uphill. So much respect for that.
0: That battle, that's tough to yeah. get up those some of those hills.
1: And hey, I, I give them just as much credit on the downhill because they, they had to be mm-hmm. getting upwards over, well over 20 miles an hour, uh, mm-hmm. probably closer to 30 miles an hour, and keeping that thing under control. In I some mean, spots, I just, I don't know how they didn't end up flying off the course. And
0: I, even though they didn't have active rain the whole entire race. It was a wet course. It was a wet course. So, I mean, you're trying to, what, navigate puddles. You're trying to, uh, it's. They said
1: that a lot. They said that there's a lot of weaving happening. Yeah. Because the the packs of runners were actually moving around the the standing water.
0: But you still want to run the tangents so you don't add extra distance. Right. Right? Yeah. Weird. It's, yeah, that, that had to be tough.
1: That's a highly technical uh, thing when you're thinking about it.
0: Yeah, and I don't know. We never worry about, like, we just worry about finishing. <laughs> yeah,
1: that's my tangent.
0: Yeah, <laughs> like, can I make it to a mile marker? Can I make it to a water stop? Can I make it to the finish line and get the medal?
1: And will those people uh, on that bus not pick me up?
0: Right? That is, that is what we worry about. So there were some exciting moments for the U.S., for um, it, during the Boston Marathon and very inspirational.
1: Yeah. And a couple of, a um, couple things that made, uh, made some internet news too. Um, yeah. Uh, um, Manuela Schar, um, Swiss runner. Yeah. She w- won Boston for the second time. Mm-hmm. Uh With a time, what was she, 134.19. She yeah. And in 2017, she set the, Best course time of one twenty eight seventeen.
0: Yeah, yeah. Come on. I mean, like flying, just flying, flying. But I, I think in terms of, I don't know, middle of the pack and back of the pack. I mean, I think we had uh, what a NASCAR racer um, finish in just a little bit over three hours, and he wanted to get three hours. And w- one of the most inspiring was from the realm of the, the military and the veterans that run the race. Mm-hmm. And there was there was a veteran, and his name was Micah Herndon. I believe he was a marine. and he was running in honor of three of his comrades. Who lost their lives in Afghanistan in an IED explosion in 2010.
1: Yeah, and he's the gentleman that we saw on the internet video that that it's all over the place. Yeah. That um, his legs gave out on him Mm -hmm. in the very towards the end of the race, Mm -hmm. and he ended up crawling across the finish line under his own power.
0: Yeah, crawling. I mean, I think there were pictures of a couple of runners helping him at some point before he was crawling. Mm hmm. And there was a race official that was behind him the entire way that he crawled across the finish.
1: And that was really neat to see the race officials do that.
0: Like he's he's behind and then giving kind of signals to other runners to run around. Mm-hmm. And avoid his path so he could actually get there. Yeah. Because he was just so spent. And he, he says in in some of those, uh, interviews with the press that he just kept repeating the names of those soldiers until he got across the finish line.
1: Well, it's an, it's an awesome video. And if you haven't seen it, um, you can Google it. Uh, if, if you're in any of the running groups on Facebook that we're in, I shared it all over the place. Yeah. Uh, that video is just awesome. And I think that we shared it on the web, uh, on, on the page as on, well. our, Facebook page, on yes. our Facebook page. Yes. Check yeah. that video out. It's that. it's had, I think, almost 4 million views, and it's worth your time.
0: Yeah. It's just, I mean, some of the stories of the runners in these big races like New York, like Boston, like Chicago, it's just, it, it makes you want to get out there. And, Absolutely. And I'm glad we're feeling better so we can get back out there and start to train.
1: I think I'm going to try it tomorrow. Yeah. So. It's good. But... You know, even though we didn't get a lot of running in ourselves, we worked up an appetite watching some of this running. Yeah. And wow. That planning. made me hungry. And we, did, and we did some, you know, and, and in fairness, we did some race uh, trip planning. Yes. As we announced last week, mm-hmm. we're going to be going to Alaska. We got some stuff booked. Mm-hmm. So uh, we worked up an appetite. It was oh, fair.
0: Yeah. All that internet research. Hey.
1: Not all, sometimes a marathon involves Netflix and the couch, not just shoes. that's true.
0: That's true. But we, I think the food truck scene has really exploded over the last few years. Especially
1: here in Southwest Florida.
0: Especially locally here. And I know that we're not on the road. So um, this, this one is a, a local one for, for those who are listening, who are local to us. You should check out on Monday nights at number three craft brews, the schnitzel express food truck.
1: And number three craft brews is on Cape Coral Parkway in Mm -hmm. Cape Coral. And if you're not local, but you're coming down to the area. Oh, yeah. Um, this is a great place to check out mm-hmm. uh, every
0: Monday. They're there.
1: They do this food truck every Monday. And number three is a tap room. So they have a rotating set of taps. They have a tremendous selection of bottles and cans mm-hmm. that are on shelves and that you, you can, can take. You can take with you or you can grab one off the shelf and hand it to them. And they have an ultra rapid chiller
0: and so it'll be cold by the time you drink it.
1: Yeah, so they'll pop it in there for a few minutes, you go grab a seat and they'll bring it over to you nice and cold and mm. ready to go. Mm. And they but do th- this food truck every mm. Monday and then they have a rotating food truck on Fridays, Fridays. right?
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, so it's not always the same like I think it was King's King's
1: King's Tacos. King's Tacos. Ta- King's Tacos last, not last, last week. Not to be confused with King's Kitchen.
0: Right. From our last episode, which was in Fort Myers. But this is schnitzel. And that has a special place for you. You love it.
1: Well, here in Cape Coral, one of our largest um, demographics in Cape Coral is actually uh, Germans. We have a huge German influence here Mm -hmm. in the city. Uh, This city was founded on um, selling... uh, Real estate to people who lived in Germany during the height of the Cold War, who might mm. be looking for a place to come in case things got really bad over there, and so we have all these families that immigrated over to Cape Coral, and they've brought their culture, they've brought their food, mm-hmm. their music. We have one of the largest um, October Fests yeah. in the country right here, with over uh, fifty thousand people a it's weekend going out yeah. uh, to that Oktoberfest. but schnitzel express this is a food truck owned and operated by a uh, couple who mm-hmm. also owned a restaurant and i think that they've decided to go the food truck route instead mm-hmm. yeah and they keep it very simple and very traditional and you had i classic
0: had the classic Wiener schnitzel.
1: Wiener schnitzel.
0: Oh, oh, okay. I can't. I, well, I, I, I Wiener, have a horrible. Wiener schnitzel. Wiener schnitzel. Just say it. I just, Wiener schnitzel. We apologize okay. in Okay, I'm advance. sorry. I can't do it. <laughs> I'm trying. But it was an amazing piece of pork, which had been pounded and. Pounded flat. Pounded flat and breaded. And it was. So tender. So tender.
1: Fork tender.
0: Yeah, like they serve it with plasticware with some pretty hefty, nice kind of Mm plasticware to also, to let you know. And I got the knife out, but I didn't even need it, really. I didn't even need it. The pork was tender. It was served piping hot, but the breading was still crispy. Yes, And I think that, you have to have you have to have a a certain expertise to be able to do that.
1: Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. Without a doubt. Because you, you could so easily overcook that pork and it mm-hmm. and become shoe leather.
0: Like rubbery or just the the breading could fall off, which it did not. No. At all. It was And it
1: was too big.
0: It was pieces. huge. I
1: mean, you get the the plate, and it's it's covering the entire plate, and it's piled yeah. high. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and but it was piled high because it was on top of potatoes, your, your roasted potatoes. potatoes.
0: Yeah, roasted potatoes. I got, and they had onions with them, and it was like just a buttery type of uh, roasted potatoes that were sliced like if you if you think of an og rotten potato.
1: Yeah, you characterized it as an au gratin without the cheese.
0: Mm -hmm. No sauce. There's no sauce. There's some onion, but it has such a buttery flavor, those potatoes, that side. Yeah, yeah, it was, and I mean, the pork took up three-fourths of this paper plate. Easily. Right? And they were served piping hot. And for the portion, I mean, it was what, like 12 bucks?
1: I think twelve dollars for yeah. yours and fourteen for and mine, and fourteen
0: for yours because yours was with some sauce.
1: Oh yeah, I got what's called the hunter schnitzel, which is the same thing as it's a pork schnitzel. So you have that same those pork cutlets that are pounded flat, mm-hmm. breaded, fried, mm-hmm. and then mine was served with those potatoes as well. And I had, instead of it being on top, they gave it to, to me on the side. It was this fantastic mushroom gravy mm-hmm. and it was fresh made. Uh, yeah. In fact, we went up to order it. They were very nice. And I think they were wanting to make sure that we understood that, that the, 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 the Hunter schnitzel comes with gravy and they gave us a taster of the gravy <laughs> and the gravy was so fresh that the, the mushrooms still had a little bit of bite to them. That's true. Uh, so they weren't cooked to death.
0: That's true. Cause he let me try a little bit as well.
1: And they were, and it's just such a creamy, buttery, earthy mushroom gravy that yeah. you, it was perfect. Mm-hmm. So that's what I had with my schnitzel. And I had also had those potatoes as well. And, Again, if you you get that, you're not going to be hungry.
0: No. And I imagine that the chicken that they do in that same style would Mm. be just as huge.
1: Yeah. They offer um, a chicken schnitzel and then they also have a couple sandwiches on Mm -hmm. their menu. They do have some vegan and vegetarian options on demand. Yeah. They just say, you know, ask your chef. Yeah. And like I said, it's a chef operated truck. Mm -hmm. These these folks know what they're doing and food's fantastic. So, uh, you know. We're gonna link to them in the show notes. Definitely, yes. Um,
0: because it's not just number three. They do. They'll go to what Scotty's Beer Works. They'll go to different places. Well,
1: they're all over Southwest Florida, and yeah. I think that on their website they talk about being available for catering mm-hmm. and events.
0: Yes. So, it's delicious food. Yeah. If they, you have a,
1: if you like um, traditional um, German or uh, Austrian food. Uh, this would be a, an excellent option for you. Yeah,
0: way to satisfy that hankering or that craving. Yes,
1: and I get uh, it I get it at least once a year. Unfortunately, it's not always in October. No,
0: but you got some. I did. So and I'm a
1: happy man for that. You
0: are. You so. are.
1: Well, before we go on, I'm going to take a minute to tell you all about our friends at Pure Creative Apparel. Anybody can silkscreen a shirt. Look, we know it's true. I, I did it as a project in high school. But the team at Pure Creative Apparel is really much more than that. They will take you through the entire process to create your custom items right from the very beginning with the design of your artwork or company logo. Then create mock-ups to show you what the finished product will look like and help you select just the right high quality name brand clothing or other merchandise on which you're going to place your artwork or your logo. And then they'll get you your items fast. Or, if you're not looking to get into the whole online sales thing and you don't want to worry about inventory, packaging, shipping, and all of that, Pure Creative Apparel has a complete e-commerce package available. So whether you're a school, church, or club needing just a few shirts for a special event or a company looking for a complete branding package, Pure Creative Apparel can help. Find out how by going to purecreativeapparel.com. And we really thank them for their support of the Run, Eat, Drink podcast. And I was about to ask, who are you and what have you done with my wife?
0: And why would you ask me that?
1: Because of the beer you ordered.
0: Well, it's true. Number three also has some tasty beverages. They're they're not a brewery, so we didn't visit a brewery or a distillery this week. We went to number three because they have a variety on tap they have like 12 or 13 taps easily don't they easily maybe 14 i don't know but and we've been going there for several years and the the people there that that own it they are fantastic
1: well, they've been through two sets of owners. Yes. And the first group that great. owned it were phenomenal and they're yeah. friends. Yeah. And now it's a family that's bought it mm. and they're fantastic as well. And yeah. we count them as friends as friends too. Yeah. And th- they, they know were, their stuff. They know, yeah. A, yeah, they really do know their beers. Yeah. They have gotten in such a variety of different beers and you went different and I went different, but you went really different tonight. Yes.
0: Normally I'm not a fan of sours or IPAs uh, or anything with Goza in the title, (laughs) but on tap to uh, at number three was Red Cypress. And Red Cypress has some stuff that we've tried and we've liked, like their death roll is Mm -hmm. more like what we normally drink. But I had the I'm Fine Sour Goza, which is 4.6 ABV with key limes, oranges, and pink Himalayan salt. And
1: never in a million years would I say, Uh, she'll have the salted goza, please.
0: But it's not like a pucker kind of sour. No. It wasn't. You tried
1: it. Actually, I tried it, and I was shocked at how good it was.
0: Yeah, it's delightful. And I think it is that Himalayan salt that curbs the sour note. Absolutely. That's what I think. I got the citrus, and it's the salt that kind of stops that whole mm, pucker yeah. Type, type deal and I wanted something that was lighter because there was plenty that was dark on the menu but oh, yeah. uh, but with with it, the pork that was a lot of food
1: it was a substantial meal that yeah it, yeah it, it you were you were right to go with a lighter beer because yeah. I, I didn't and well I'm still feeling it
0: but you got, you got a good beer
1: I went completely out of to a brewery that I never heard of. I've never
0: heard of them either. Um,
1: and that's one thing I like about number three. These guys are branching out to breweries that we've not seen down here in Southwest Florida.
0: Right.
1: And I got myself, it's not going to sound too crazy for people who know me. I got a milk stout. <laughs> I do like milk stouts. You do. Um, this was a 6% ABV, um, but it's made by Edmunds Oast Brewing Company out of South Carolina. Yeah. And it's called Dressed in Black.
0: Dressed in Black.
1: Yeah. Um, mm. Kind of a light to medium body.
0: Uh, yeah, it wasn't it super thick.
1: Had a nice mouthfeel and a little bit of sweetness at the end, mm-hmm. but it was very you know, very dark, very malty, chocolatey. Um, yeah. yeah. Those roasted malt flavors that you get typically. And... Uh, a fantastic pick, but it was, I could have gone with a lighter beer in lieu of that only because of the yeah. size of the meal and the heaviness of the meal.
0: Yeah, but.
1: Not complaining though, it was a very good beer.
0: But it gave us a chance to try two very different things, a different brewery and a different style of beer. Like I've, I've never had something that was finished with that kind of Himalayan salt No, and and,
1: uh, again, never known you to go for the salted goza.
0: Yeah, but it went with because the pork was just so substantial. It really was. Yeah, and the potatoes, they were so filling that you just, I don't think you could have had a heavier or thicker beer with that meal.
1: No, no. They had a couple of others that we we tasted, you know, just little little sips. Mm-hmm. And there were a couple they had there that were much higher ABV, mm-hmm. uh, much heavier body. And I'm like, ugh, I just can't do a whole pint or a snifter of this.
0: I mean, we were even offered a suicide. Yeah. What What's called a suicide?
1: <laughs> One of the proprietors, <laughs> he, he, he likes to experiment. <laughs> he's like, I'll do a, sh- a short pour from every tap and see how that tastes.
0: In a single glass.
1: <laughs> and it, ooh, <laughs> It's just like you remember when you were a kid mixing all of the sodas. Oh and it, Lord! It, it was not as bad as you would think it's going to be. No, it
0: really wasn't. But it depends on the mix you have on the on the board. Yeah,
1: he had a he had a couple that were um, a cider, and he had something that was a
0: coconut. Yeah, it, it was something. Yeah,
1: coconut, chipotle, and chocolate. Yeah, so different. Mixing that with fruit beers was going to get very weird very quickly.
0: Yeah, it was okay. I wouldn't um, have a lot, like repeated pints of that. You you wouldn't have a pint. I mean, we had a little taste of what he mixed together.
1: (laughs) He was was just clowning around a little bit.
0: Uh, But that's what I like about going there because we, we went there when the food truck first got there and I just, I like it. It was a little bit quieter to start out as people started to roll in. And, Mm -hmm. um, it, it, I mean, they're just so friendly and they're willing to let you try uh, little samples of what's there because they do have such an eclectic offering and some things that are so new to us.
1: And they're very passionate about beer. Yeah. And it's a great, just a great space. They yeah. have uh, the bar. You have a little a standing bar right behind there. And then they have some tables set up. They have a little stage where they do live music. Mm-hmm. Um, I think tonight they were doing open mic open night. Open mic night. Our friend yeah. Kyle Ann Dugan was going to mm-hmm, come run mm-hmm. their open mic night. Yeah. Um, they have bands come in, uh-huh. and some of their bands that they have are really good. Oh yeah.
0: Um, they yeah. they've
1: done a great job at finding uh, music talent for for their nights.
0: Yeah, and but and also the decor, that. They like they'll have some S- Star Wars themed stuff up on the wall. Some Star Trek themed stuff. Star Trek themes. And they had a little baby, what is it, Galaga?
1: Yeah, there's a little I mean a tiny uh, video Super game cabinet. Small. Probably powered off a USB cord. It was. That uh was a full fledged Galaga game. It was so so she's, cute. she's playing Galaga and it's no bigger than her pint glass. It was great. It
0: was so cute. What fun. And it harkens back to like, you know, the days of the Atari in the 80s of my childhood.
1: I wasn't allowed to have one.
0: Oh, it was great. I, I made it up for it. I, in I sure the do miss it. Qbert, Frogger, Pac Man. <laughs> Love it.
1: Well, folks, when you listen to this episode uh, on the. Facebook page, leave us your comment of what your favorite 80s video game was. Or 90s video game if you're a little bit younger.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: I I can vote in both of those polls. You can? I can.
0: Oh, I think maybe just the 80s for me. I don't know. (laughs) But, yeah, it was definitely a good time, and that's what I like about that place.
1: So... This week coming up, we'll be back on the road. Um, now that we're not, feeling a little not better. traveling, but back on back on the road, training, pounding the pavement. So. Yeah,
0: we're we have to train for that Tampa beer run.
1: Yeah, that's coming up in May, mm-hmm. um, and we'll also be on the road in about ten days. Oh, true. Um, to yes, before that, doing some stuff for you in Alabama. Mm-hmm. So we'll have more for you when that gets closer.
0: Excellent, excellent. We must do our due diligence and research or you could let us know also
1: yeah if you're in the al if you're what, what part of alabama are we going to be it's in? huntsville huntsville
0: it's huntsville alabama.
1: um if the, you know of any races in the huntsville area uh the weekend of the first through the fourth of may of may let us know yeah we're looking to
0: yeah we're looking or places to eat and drink yes Yes. That we can share with I've everyone. Already, I've already
1: told her that we're going to be getting, we're going to maybe go to the space center and, and eat astronaut ice cream again. Yes,
0: I'm in. So I'm in. We'll do it. Love it.
1: But uh, anything else we want to clue people in about for next week, or?
0: No, I think I think we've pretty well covered it. You okay. know, stay tuned for anything that pops up and that we discover.
1: All right. Well, we will be back here. Next week, Mm -hmm. um, that'll be Tuesday. We really appreciate you guys uh, downloading the podcast and listening. Um, Head on over to the website and check out the the new site. Um, We are updating it constantly. We uh, will be updating the upcoming runs now that we have some things finalized. Mm -hmm. So I will get that done this week. That'll be done. Uh, But we also have the new store, which has all of our swag that the guys at Pure Creative Apparel have have made for us. I love that Barkey. She's been opening bottles uh, just to see it work. And uh, we dropped off a couple to some friends of ours in the restaurant business. So if you're out dining, you might see a Run, Eat, Drink podcast Barkey opening your next bottle of beer.
0: Oh, I love it.
1: But you could do that, too, right at home if you want to head over there and buy one. That helps keep the lights on for us, pays for the bandwidth and hosting and travel. But uh, it's some good stuff. I mean, it's really high-quality stuff.
0: Yeah, runnyatdrink.net.
1: So we really appreciate it, you guys. And uh,
0: Hey, have a great week.
1: Yes, definitely. So for the Run Drink Podcast, I'm Dana.
0: And I'm Amy. We will
1: talk to you next week.
0: Bye. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of the Run, Eat, Drink podcast. We're having a great second year thanks to your support. Don't forget to follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Run, Eat, Drink, Podcast, And on Twitter, we're at Run, Eat, Drink, Pod. Visit our website at runeatdrink.net so you can click on the iTunes link and subscribe so you won't miss a minute where we accomplish, explore, and indulge. Come along with us. See you next time.